Well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpit. Please go to the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 13. Hosea chapter 13. And I want to call this video The Ransom. The Ransom. Look at verse 14, if you will, please. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. The term ransom from memory appears 16 times in your King James Bible. And incidentally, please join me this coming Sunday when I begin the 26th chapter of the book of Exodus. And in Exodus, like chapter 21, the word ransom first appears. I, Jehovah, will ransom them, children of Israel, from the grave. Every Jew, if he was an Orthodox Jew, believed in a final resurrection. John chapter 11, we believe you are the Son of God. In the resurrection, we believe you will uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. And the Lord Jesus Christ would say, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead yet, shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Wonderful words. And he would go on to say, believest thou this? So every Jew believed in one resurrection, like I say, one final resurrection. Catholics, Jews and Muslims believe in a final resurrection, like the last day of judgment. The Bible calls that the great white throne judgments. Of course, there are many judgments in the scripture. But here, I, Jehovah, will ransom them from the power of the grave. The grave is holding the dead. The Jews were fearful of dying. It's abnormal not to fear death, unless, of course, you are saved. And here the Lord is dealing with sin and redeeming those that are in the grave referred to as hell of course hell just for the record would have two parts to it the righteous dead and the unrighteous dead like abraham and the rich man and if you want to know more about that read luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31 i will redeem them from death so grave and death are synonymous of course O death i will be thy plagues very reminiscent to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. O death, where is thy sting? I will be thy destruction. Jehovah will destroy death. And the hold that death had on people for millenniums, of course. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. I won't even call for repentance. If they've died trusting in me, pre-Christ, sacrificing bulls and goats and the sacrifice of bulls and goats would cover the sins of the righteous wouldn't take away their sins only the lord jesus christ could finally take away all of the sins colossians chapter 2 but pre-christ's arrival abraham isaac jacob moses aaron her all of the greats joshua would sacrifice animals to cover their sins every time an animal was sacrificed it was done so to atone for the sins of the people if you think of abel you think of cain you think of cain linked to fruit vegetation you think of abel linked to a lamb two men 
two different forms of sacrifice, only one would be received. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. A lot of discussion continues to do the rounds concerning repentance. What does it mean? Does it mean a change of mind? Or does it mean turning from sins in order to be saved? Basically, it comes down to which camp you are in, for example. If you are an Armenian, you follow John Wesley. If you are a Calvinist, you follow Charles Spurgeon. But it's very interesting if you read both of their writings, because in reality, what they are saying is the same thing. For example, John Wesley would say this, that once a person has been saved, good works, a changed life, would be necessary to demonstrate salvation. Whereas Spurgeon would say, good works, a changed life, would be necessary to demonstrate election. So whether you are a Calvinist, Spurgeon, or an Arminian, Wesley, there's no difference. Both gentlemen, and right up until this day, have their followers, both camps demand a changed life and works to demonstrate salvation. I remember some years ago doing some street work in my town, and a guy came over to me, and we got talking, and it turned out he was saved, and we went back and forth about the old man, the old nature, of course the old nature in the Book of Romans is referred to as the old man, and he was in the Lordship Salvation camp, and I said to him, well, can you help me with 1 Corinthians chapter 11? Because to this day, no Arminian or Calvinist has satisfactorily exegeted 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 6, and 1 Corinthians 11. Can you help me out, I said, because Paul says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, how some of you are weak, some of you are sickly, and some of you are sleeping in Jesus. To be in Jesus, to be in Christ, means they were saved. The devil isn't in Christ. Unsaved people aren't in Jesus. Although he would atone for the sins of the righteous and the unrighteous, and he would atone for those that would reject him, Second Peter chapter 2, only the Holy Ghost puts you into Jesus at the moments of regeneration. Can you help me out, I said. Because I can't find anybody to help me understand 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Because the Lordship Salvation people say this, that works a compulsory changed life and continual fruit bearing demonstrates election, whereas the Armenians say it demonstrates salvation. Help me out, I said. And a few minutes later, his father walked over to me, recognized me from YouTube, greeted me like a long lost friend. And we had quite an interesting conversation, the father and I. He then disappeared, left me with his son. And I said basically this, that Christians, yes, can do all things through Christ, which strengthens them. And yes, should be fruit bearers, should be living for the Lord, but don't make that compulsory as evidence of election or salvation. And he said to me, well, the old nature isn't biblical and it's not right to teach carnality. And I said to him, well, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 11, we'll disagree with that statement which you've just made. And he was very proud of himself that he was no longer doing this and no longer doing that. And yet I couldn't help but notice he was somewhat overweight. 
and of course gluttony is a sin. I will redeem them from the power of the grave. So you sin against the Lord, only the Lord himself can forgive you. That should be pretty common sense. And here the Lord is dealing with Israel in the context like the resurrection of the last day. Every Jew, pre and post Christ, believes in a final resurrection. Catholics believe in a final resurrection. Muslims believe in a final resurrection. Power of the grave, I will redeem them from death. Like, resurrect them and bring them back to life. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. So 16 times the word ransom is found in your King James Bible. The first time it arrives is Exodus chapter 21. And like I say, please join me this coming Sunday when I begin Exodus chapter 26. I think this will be month 18 or 19 going through the book of Exodus. It's been a very interesting journey and I've still got quite a long way to go. But a ransom means a buyback, a payback. And I'll explain that more in a few moments. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. So like I say, the argument continues concerning what is repentance. The first time repentance, repented, repenteth, uh, repenting, the first time repentance is found in the scripture from memory is Genesis chapter 6. It says how the Lord was grieved due to the sin of man and it repented him that he'd made man on the face of the earth. It grieved him, it repented him. And you look at the four gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, repentance is found and probably one of the most famous passages would be over in uh, Luke chapter 13, unless you repent, you should all likewise perish. That always gets quoted by Lordship Salvationists, whether Calvinist or Arminian. And of course, in the context, Jesus is speaking to the Jews under the law. Unless you repent, change your minds, listen to me, receive me as your saviour, you will all likewise perish. Because Jesus Christ is a final prophet, priest, but ultimately, the final one to come and atone for the sins of the world. All of the animals back in the Old Testament, or goats and bulls back in the Old Testament, lambs that were sacrificed were done so as pictures of Christ, the Lamb of God. He was born in a stable, you see, showing that he has an affiliation with the animal world and also with mankind. Repentance isn't found in the Gospel of John. That doesn't mean it's not important. But it's worth just noting that fact that Matthew, Mark and Luke deal with repentance. But in the context of Matthew, Mark and Luke, it can refer to, on the one hand, turning from sins aimed at the Jews under the law. But in the wider scope of the New Testament, it mainly means a change of mind. Going back to Acts chapter 20, repentance towards God, accepting there's only one true eternal God and trusting in his only begotten son as a means of salvation one more time i will ransom them from the power of the grave i will redeem them from death O death i will be thy plagues O grave i will be thy destruction repentance shall be hid from mine eyes once a person has been saved that's just what has taken place salvation a legal transaction has taken place. You are 
safe and sound in the beloved go back to 1st Corinthians 1 schisms groups within groups today denominations within denominations chapter 6 Christians sowing Christians in secular courtrooms 1st Corinthians chapter 11 some of you are weak sickly and some of you are sleeping in Jesus these were saved people but had gone back to their old natures had resurrected the old man and I tried to explain at this point to this Christian gentleman maybe two or three years ago wouldn't have it no such thing he said as carnality no such thing he said as the old nature didn't like the idea of the old man being mentioned to substitute the term for old nature we use these terms to explain uh, truths in scripture we don't need to find biblical words every single time to explain what we hold to or what we believe in we use these words sometimes to save time but you wouldn't hear it wouldn't receive it go to mark chapter 10 so for the old testament a ransom had been provided up until the lord's arrival animals are being sacrificed bulls and calves but of course they're uh, deaths couldn't and wouldn't totally exonerate the sins of those that put them to death they only would cover their sins like a temporary covering mark chapter 10 get there in a moment uh, it's a bit more windier than I thought it would be this morning and I've got a new uh, covering for the microphone I do apologize uh, concerning the last two videos a bit more windy uh, than usual and on top of that it wasn't always clear to hear what I was saying during my last video uh, on why the Jews are hated so much so I thought for this morning I would uh, be better prepared and use one of these better wind blockers I think that's what they call them Mark chapter 10 Mark chapter 10 look at verse 45 please for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many Son of Man links them back to Adam son of god links him back to the father son of david links him back to david priest prophet king for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto in other words he came to serve he came to deny himself and christians should serve others deny themselves like pick up their crosses each and every day uh, follow the lord jesus christ but to minister and to give his life for a ransom give his life a ransom for many give his life a ransom provide his life as a ransom for many if you think of gangster movies if you think of crime novels uh, or if you go back to say 1963 on one occasion Frank Sinatra Jr. was singing at a casino in Lake Tahoe Tahoe that's how they pronounce it for memory just outside of Las Vegas Nevada and he finished his performance for the evening 
went up to his room, had dinner, and was enjoying a meal with one of his trombone players. Knock at the door, a couple of guys were there in masks, kidnapped Sinatra Jr., dragged him out of his hotel room, put him in the boots of the car, drove him from Nevada to Los Angeles. Over a period of three days, 72 hours, phone calls were made from the kidnappers to Sinatra Sr., like, we want money to release your son. And after eight phone calls and two or three sleepless nights, a ransom was paid. Money changed hands and Frank Sinatra Jr. was released. That was back in 1963. So when we, talk, when we speak about a ransom, we know what we are talking about. It's not just in real life, it's pretty much in most movies or uh, crime stories. We're going to kidnap such and such and we will hold such and such until such and such provides a ransom. And if the ransom isn't provided, we won't release your loved one. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and on top of that, and to give his life a ransom for many. So, think about world religions today. The reality is that only one out of all of the world's religions has a saviour, and of course that is biblical Christianity, but here's the thing. If you really look at the groups that represent Christianity or offer themselves as being Christian within Christendom, and let's exclude the Church of Rome, let's exclude the Church of England, let's exclude Methodists, Presbyterians, let's exclude all of the apostate groups like Church of England, Church of Rome, Methodists, Baptists, and all that crowd, and let's just think about Bible-believing groups, ministries, churches. But the more I think about it, the more I am convinced that out of that 1% called Christendom, called Christianity, yes, you have groups within groups, non-denominational churches, but I am convinced that even then, a tiny minority in that 1% truly believe in what I want to speak about this morning. Truly believe that somebody has covered their sins. It's a shocking statement to make, but it's true. Son of man came to minister, give his life for ransom for many. So the Lord Jesus Christ wouldn't just come, preach, teach, live and die, be buried, and raised from the dead for our sins and praise the Lord for that. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Now in the secular world you think of criminals like I say kidnapping their victims, holding them, sometimes at gunpoint or knife point. Sinatra Jr. was released thanks to his, uh, thanks to his father's uh, contacts shall we say. He had the mafia searching for his son, he had the FBI searching for his son and eventually the kidnappers were arrested and dealt with. Go to 1973, you've got John Paul Getty, one of the wealthiest men in the world at that time, and one of his 15 grandchildren, his grandson, was kidnapped in Italy. And letters and phone calls went back and forth from the kidnappers in Italy. We want X amount of money, it may have been a million dollars for memory, to release your grandson, and old Getty 
spoke to the press and he said, I've got 15 grandchildren. If I pay money for one of their release, uh, one of their releases, I'll end up having to pay money for all of their releases. In other words, I will encourage other people to go out and kidnap my grandchildren. He had a point, of course. But initially, he refused to pay the money to release his grandson. Could you imagine if Jesus Christ hadn't offered to come and die for the sins of the world, hadn't offered to ransom himself for our sins? Could you imagine all of us living and dying and going to hell forever? That's what 1 Corinthians 15 is all about. Believing in vain, like if there's no resurrection, if there's no Lord Jesus Christ, if there's no atonement for our sins, and we've died believing in that, then of course we have believed in vain. We are just as lost as a pagan, a Satanist, or a theist of any kind. But of course, the Trinity decided to provide a saviour for the sins of the world. They knew that the uh, need would arise for a saviour to be sent. They knew that Adam would sin before he fell, regardless of what the Calvinists would have you believe that God ordained Adam to fall. And of course, Jesus Christ came to ransom himself for many. But you go back to Getty, I won't provide an atonement, if you will. I won't provide a payment. I will allow my grandson to pretty much rot. Well, they cut off one of his ears and word got back to Getty that such a brutal act had taken place. It's like the devil, he's got a hold of you and you are going further and further into sin and you are experiencing the repercussions of your sins. You reap what you sow, of course, and Getty eventually reneges on his previous decision, provides a payment. But it's conditional, you see, like many churches today, it's conditional. I think he gave $100,000 as a down payment, and then he would loan $75,000 to his grandson to pay him back upon his release. A bit like many churches today. Yes, we believe in grace, they say, but are you producing any fruit? Are you tithing? What church do you go to? Are you still doing this? Are you still doing that? They don't really believe in grace, not really. And this poor man, Getty's grandson, was released, took an overdose a few years later and spent the rest of his life in a wheelchair, crippled, like many Christians. They get saved, but they join different groups or they join different churches and the insecurity starts to kick in. Am I really saved? Am I really one of the Lord's elect? Am I producing enough fruit? Did I believe in vain? What is salvation? Here's another thing which really staggered me. Yesterday, I thought I'd do a bit of research before I came up to the pulpit this morning uh, to see what some of the top Christians around the world believe when it comes to salvation. Now, I was first aware of this probably 18 months ago when we had our website upgraded, redesigned, and please check out our new website. It's a wonderful looking website, a lot easier to navigate around. And I went online looking at different websites to see what other people's sites look like. It's always good to know what others are doing uh, with their websites. And I was shocked to discover some of the most famous Christians in the world, celebrity Christians, on their websites uh, had something missing. And on top of that, they all had something in common. And I thought this, well surely, surely the street preachers, 
Shoulder the street preachers who travel all over the world, some of them, all over their countries, many of them, will stand on street corners with bullhorns and banners, preaching, offering their thoughts, and basically shouting at people, arguing with people, antagonizing people. But I thought, surely some of our street preacher friends, like Reuben Israel, would have something on his website, like how to be saved. Travels the whole world, travels all over America, has done for nearly 40 years. And I thought, surely good old Reuben, an Armenian Lordship Salvationist, a follower of John Wesley's belief that fruits changed life, evidence of salvation, and also if there's no fruits or changed life, you could lose your salvation. All of the street preachers are Arminian, I'm afraid to say. And I went onto Reuben's site yesterday. Nothing, nothing, nothing on his site, not one mention how to be saved. Incredible, I thought. How about Gabe the Preacher? Let's check out his website. Takes on the Catholics, takes on sometimes Muslims, travels around California, doesn't believe in the Trinity. So, as far as that is concerned, as a heretic. But I thought, let's just check out his website. Let's see what Gabe has to say. You can't shut him up on the street. He talks and talks and talks and talks. Went onto Gabe's website, checked out his YouTube channel. Not a word about how to be saved. Incredible, I thought. How about Jesse Morrell, I thought. Good old Jesse, travels around, has been physically assaulted, has been to countries, doesn't believe in original sin, another heretic, and thinks you can lose your salvation, which they will, which they will hold to, unfortunately. Surely Jesse... Jesse Morrell will have something on his website about how to be saved. Not a word. Incredible. Three famous street preachers, and yet not one of those street preachers has anything on their website, not even a line or two, concerning how to be saved. What is going on with these people? What is going on? Do you realise that John's Gospel was written so you would believe? The Apostle John wrote an entire Gospel to get people saved. Spurgeon would say this, that if you don't have a desire for other people to be saved, be sure of this, you're not saved yourself. There is truth in that. There is truth in that. I don't completely agree with it, because you can be out of fellowship with the Lord and still be saved. But again, for Spurgeon, he needs to see fruit and a changed life to demonstrate election. There's no difference whether it's John Wesley preaching his Armenian gospel, if you don't live it, you lose it, no fruit, no changed life, you're not saved or you've lost your salvation, contrast that to Spurgeon. No fruit, no changed life, no evidence of election, you're not one of the Lord's elect, didn't live for you, didn't die for you. It's a hopeless mindset and yet it's very common. So the street preachers failed miserably, couldn't explain the atonement, couldn't, don't want to explain, the ransom, Hosea 13, Mark chapter 10, what does it entail? So I thought this, let's take a look at some of the other well-known Christians out there. Let's look at uh, someone like R.C. Sproul, a very popular 
and a successful Calvinist, dead now of course, and I thought, let's see what RC says on his website. How to be saved, how to be born again, how to know you are saved. Not a word, not one page. How about Jeff Durbin, I thought. Good old Jeff Durbin, a very popular Calvinist, very much a disciple of James White. Let's check out Jeff Durbin's website. Went to his website. Deep down, buried in his website, he has a section on salvation. You've got to search for it. And in that section, seven or eight lines, he gives you a Lordship salvation explanation concerning salvation so we'll put jeff on the side for now at least he did partly attempt to explain salvation not to my satisfaction but it's something it's there but it's buried you got to dig for it how about john piper john piper a very flamboyant charismatic calvinist surely john piper who's been preaching for 50 something years surely john piper would have something on his website for those that are wanting to be saved, to know how to be saved. Not a word. Incredible. How about Todd Friel, the comedian Christian? Always tells lots of jokes. I thought, surely Todd, who does street uh, preaching, one-on-one evangelism. I thought, surely Todd would help us out. Surely he would break the mold. Surely he will speak up. Another Calvinist, of course, in the camp of child spurgeon and went onto todd's website nothing whatsoever about how to be saved page after page about who he is what he is all of his board members all of his employees even his daughter is on the website as a photographer but nothing about how to be saved so the street preachers are a failure are a flop some of the top calvinists i've just mentioned to you are a failure are a complete flop how about john macarthur good old john macarthur five point calvinist thinks the blood of christ doesn't save you it's the death of christ and yet go back to the old testament god wanted to see the blood the high priest would go into the tabernacle once a year and put the blood on the mercy seat without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins surely john macarthur would attempt to explain the plan of salvation for somebody in the middle of the night who can't sleep is churned up desperate wanting answers solutions solace for their sins and they arrive on john macarthur's website a sixth generation calvinist preacher not a word about how to be saved incredible for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many so salvation obviously is in a person not in a system and it's just as well isn't it if you were to rely on those gentlemen which i've just mentioned i'm not saying those men aren't all saved i'm not saying that but you have to wonder why they are so silent so shy when it comes to how to lay out the plan of salvation ransom for many calvinists say well the word many uh, means limited atonement that's not a heresy that christ only died for the elect not the whole world without exception but the world 
without distinction or within distinction. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. So salvation, just for the record, is sufficient for everyone, but it's only efficient, it's only efficacious for those that appropriate the atonement. 2 Peter 2.1 says Christ died for those that would deny him. But just because he has provided an atonement for everyone without exception, doesn't mean that everyone without exception is going to go to heaven. That is not biblical, of course. You have to appropriate the atonement. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look at verse 6, if you will. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. And yet these websites don't tell you how to be saved. These websites will tell you how to sign up to their newsletters, get their newest book, see them at a particular church, speaking engagements they call it. And of course, the first thing you see on these websites is donate here, stand with us. All of those websites, and I mean all of those websites, had donate to us, stand with us. It's very rare, very, very rare to find a website where there's no donate box on the site. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour. But go back to verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Start praying, if you are a Christian, for kings and for all that so in authority. Do you pray for your leaders? You're told to here. A lot of these street preachers are very quick with the gab, are able to go around using clever sound bites and condemning politicians, which yes, John the Baptist did, but you can be sure that John the Baptist was also praying for those politicians. Do you pray for your politicians? Do you pray for your prime minister? Your president, do you? Here you are commanded to. And for all that own authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We go back to verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved? All men, like verses 1 and 2, and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. He wants kings to be saved. He wants princes, princesses to be saved. He wants premiers to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved because he's died for everyone. And you go onto these websites, there's no explanation as to what the atonement is all about, the ransom. What's this all about, a ransom? What does it mean? It means Christ died for your sins. He became a ransom in your place. He took the place, if you will, of Getty's grandson. He took the place, if you will, of Sinatra's son. He took the place of you and I. Not to pay the devil back, as some people would have you believe, but to pay God the Father back. Because sin, first and foremost, has a hold of you. Romans chapter 7, O wretched man that I am, who shall live me from the bondage of this body, bondage of this sin, who will deliver me from this 
life. Keep your hand there and go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Body of this death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God. New nature, new man. But with the flesh, old nature, old man, the law of sin. So once you are saved, yes, you are saved, and you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you, amen. But at the same time, if you're not careful, you go back to the old man, you dig up the old man, and you end up serving the law of flesh and of sin. Go back to First Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. For there is one God, and one mediator between God and man, mankind. Jesus Christ, son of man, links him back to Adam, the federal head of mankind. Son of God, links him back to God the Father, representing deity, also called God's Lord, so on and so forth. And of course, son of David, takes him back to King David, representing Jesus Christ as King of kings, Lord of lords. He's over every royal system on the face of the earth. One mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, all without exception, not all without distinction, to be testified in due time. So it could be Hosea 13. It could be Mark chapter 10. It could be 1 Timothy chapter 2. He dies for the sins of the whole world. That's good news. That's really good news. That's wonderful news. He came, lived and died, was buried, was resurrected. That's good news. But he also became a ransom. He made the payment for us. Sin held you. The grave held you. Death held you. And yes, Satan is obviously there in the mix, controlling, encouraging people to sin even more. Christ came died for our sins, paid a ransom to the Father. And the Father accepted the ransom, would resurrect the Lord Jesus Christ, would bodily assume him into heaven. And the word of God says, if you believe that, if you receive that, you are saved. Saved, kept saved. It's wonderful news. But again, why are so many Christian ministries not telling people how to be saved? Go to Titus chapter 3. So I thought to myself this, well, let's keep looking online. Let's see what the most famous Christian evangelist in the world today has on his website. I'm thinking, of course, of Ray Comfort, a New Zealander preacher who left New Zealand, late 80s, went to America, early 90s, never looked back, of course. And I thought, surely Ray would have something on his website concerning how to be saved. Every Saturday he preaches on the streets in Huntington Beach, goes out with his camera, speaks to people, is a Lordship Salvationist, of course, follows in the steps of Charles uh, Spurgeon. Meant to be a Calvinist as such, but he's a cross between a Wesleyan and a Spurgeonite. Again, nothing new when it comes to Lordship Salvation. People think that James White, MacArthur and uh, Paul Washer are the fathers of Lordship Salvation. That goes right back to Wesley and Spurgeon. There's no difference, like I say. 
One uh, will need works to prove election, the other to prove salvation. So I thought to myself this, let's see what Ray's got on his website. Preachers in the street, praise the Lord for that. Speaks to people, praise the Lord for that. Unfortunately does Lordship Salvation, or holds to the Lordship Salvation Gospel. Doesn't believe in the old man, doesn't believe in the old nature, doesn't believe that a Christian can sin, and yet how would he explain the sin unto death? Found over in 1 John. How would he explain that? How would he exegete that? How would he exegete uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians uh, 11? And just for the record, 1 Corinthians 6 gets quoted by our street preacher friends. If you commit these sins like lying, stealing, uh, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, uh, idolatry, there's around 15 sins from memory. Uh, for memory from uh, 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6 is actually speaking about unsaved people. Paul says the unjust, the unrighteous, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian, you are not unrighteous, you are righteous. If you are a Christian, you are made righteous. It's not that you got something for nothing, it's that you got everything for nothing. Christ has done everything for you. But I am convinced that most churches, most ministries, don't really believe that. They are shortchanging people. Yes, they will say we believe in grace, but what does grace mean to those people? What does it mean to Washer, MacArthur, Friel? What does it really mean? You start to ask such questions, and within five minutes you realise that they believe in a faith and works plan of salvation, basically. They can't deal with those passages that I've just mentioned. They close their eyes to such passages. They are convinced that when a person is saved, they must live a, trans for a transformed life. They must be producing fruits. If you're not living a transformed life or producing fruit, you're unsaved. But that's not Bible. Look at Barnabas. Look at Barnabas when he uh, clashed with Paul. And Paul said to Barnabas, let's go check out the churches, make sure they're doing okay. And Barnabas said no. He said to Paul, I'm not going to go with you, Paul. I'm going to go off with John Mark, my cousin. That's the old man, you see. That's Barnabas' old man. Barnabas was saved before Paul and probably thought this. Who does Paul think he is? I've been saved longer than Paul has. And yet here's Paul telling me what to do. Wouldn't submit to the elders, you see. Going back to Barnabas' old nature. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Look at verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Saviour toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, that being justified by his grace, <coughs> We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's wonderful news. It's grace. It's faith alone in Christ alone. You go to Ray Comfort's website, nothing on his site about how to be saved. Page after page after page after page about who he is, what he is, his latest book. Sign up for our newsletter. Donate, of course. Every website that I've mentioned has the donate box in a very prominent position <coughs> on these people's websites but nothing about how to be saved shocking kirk cameron 
his sidekick, nothing on Kirk's website about how to be saved, all his movies, family life, sign up for a course, I think it's like $10 a month or something, it's all money. The love of money is the root of all evil. I'm not saying these guys aren't saved, but when it comes to being an ambas a, a ambassador of Christ, a real ambassador of Christ, failures. Those guys are failures. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. If you think of uh, Jeff Durbin, he says you have to turn from your sins in order to be saved. How do you turn from your sins in order to be saved? How does that actually work? How do you measure that? How do you know if you turn from all of your sins adequately? I mean, you know how you believe, you can be sure how your faith works. You wake up in the morning and you flick the switch on the kettle and you expect it to come on because it has the previous day or you put your light switch on and you expect the light bulb to power up because it did the previous day. You open the curtains and you expect the light to come through because it did the previous morning. That's faith. You expect things to happen because they have done beforehand. You have faith. You have faith that the water will come out of the tap, so you turn the tap and it comes out. You have faith that the water will go into the kettle and it will power up and you can make yourself a drink to begin your morning. That's faith. You have faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and after three days was raised from the dead. You have faith. You believe it. You receive it. You are fully persuaded that such took place. You can get that clear in your mind. There's no questioning it. It's real faith, not just, well, I think it happened or I'm going to give it a chance or take my bets that it happened. No, it's real faith. You are fully persuaded in your own minds that it took place. You've got a husband, you've got a wife, you don't doubt it. You've got a son or a daughter, you don't doubt it. You are employed or unemployed, you don't doubt it. You are young or old, man or woman, you don't doubt it. You know these things to be so. <clears throat> so when it comes to salvation, you don't doubt it, you know it to be so, you, you, you receive it, you trust it, and you are born again. But these churches I've mentioned, these ministries that I've mentioned, don't seem to want to enjoy or bask in what I've just stated. They don't want you to know it. I've got a theory for that, which I'll discuss in a few more minutes. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, our Saviour. Substitutionary atonement. Pays the atonement. Provides the atonement. Pays the sin. Pays for the sin. Becomes a ransom for us. Takes the place of Sinatra Jr. Takes the place of Getty Jr. Takes the place of me. Takes the place of you. Go back to World War II. You've got uh, Eric Little in a uh, prison camp somewhere in China. One of the greatest athletes of his day. And uh, the Japanese have invaded China. And it's a pretty rough time, as you all know, if you've studied history. And they want to release, from memory, a heavily pregnant woman who wasn't in the best of health. Eric steps forward and says, I will take her place. He was a Christian, of course. Calvinist, but he was a Christian. Again, I'm not saying that all Calvinists are lost. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that all Armenians are lost. I'm not saying that. But their system, their affiliations, their beliefs concerning standing in state, as far as I'm concerned, are problematic and are found wanting. Eric Liddell steps forward, takes the place of that woman. She's released. He dies in prison. And by the end of World War II, his death is main news all over the world. It says that Scotland grieved for Eric Liddell. That's what Christ did for us. 
not only would he shed and bleed for us, he goes into hell after three days, uh, or upon death, I should say. He goes into hell and he sets captivity captive. He doesn't go into hell to be tortured, doesn't go into hell to be born again. He goes into hell to set captivity captive. On the cross, he would say, uh, I thirst. He would cry out to the Father, Lord, uh, my, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They give him vinegar mixed with gall. Uh, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirits. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There's a picture of a man dying in the place of sinners. We can understand that. That's the brutal imagery of what Christ went through for us. But he's paying a ransom. He's paying a ransom. He's paying the ransom for my sins and for your sins. Mark says it's for the many. Paul says it's for all. So scripture scripture. It's all without exception. But you've got to personally appropriate the atonement. One more time, salvation is sufficient for everyone, without exception. But it's only efficient, efficacious for those that receive it. John chapter 1, to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name, so on so forth. We go back to verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Saviour, God our Saviour, Toward man appeared, he's our God, he's our saviour. A great verse to affirm his deity, incidentally. Not by works of righteousness. So don't think if you stop sinning and then turn to the Lord in faith, that's what Jeff Durbin believes, and also Ray Comfort, that you are saved. No, you are saved by what he's done for you, not what you do for him. And here Paul is telling you that. Not by works of righteousness. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, which we have done. That was the problem of the Jews, of course. We have Abraham as our father, so on and so forth. But according to his mercy, he saved us, became a ransom for us by the washing of regeneration, baptizing you into the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Ghost, of course, and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So why don't these people tell you this? Why are these ministries not telling you this? I've got a theory. Seven, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So it's about Christ, obviously, not church. It's about Jesus, not some system, not some ministry. And the reason why I think these churches and ministries are not clearly articulating the plan of salvation on their websites is really down to the fact they want to retain you. They want you to stay on their websites. They want you to become a part of their systems. That's what the cults do. You don't believe me? Go up to JW, go up to Mormon. Next time you come across one and ask them how to have, their sin, how to have your sins forgiven, ask them. They go all around the houses. They don't believe in salvation through faith in Christ alone. No straight answer, no explanation how to be saved. Come to Kingdom Hall, come to the Steakhouse and we will inform you over a period of time. You ask those colourful characters I've just mentioned from the Armenian or Calvinist wing of the church, it's the same sort of a thing. Watch John MacArthur's sermon this week, check out Jeff Durbin's newest video, watch Todd Freel on the street, live and learn. We will teach you, we will educate you, we have all of the answers. A few more people I checked out, Ravi Zacharias travels the world, sits down with all sorts of colourful people, 
they say he's one of the greatest apologists of all time and yet not one line not one paragraph nothing on his websites concerning how to be saved Jacob Prash a very successful Jewish Christian travels the world speaks four or five languages a very intelligent man nothing nothing on his website whatsoever about how to be saved and know you are saved go to Acts chapter 16 I'm not saying these guys are all lost I'm not saying that and I've met some of these men personally but I am saying that when it comes to salvation when it comes to sharing of the Great Commission what would Jesus say go into all the world preach the gospel he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved he that believeth not shall be damned make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost lo I'm with you always even unto the end of the world but you check out those characters I just mentioned not a word about how to be saved they can't explain the atonement they don't want to explain the atonement they can't explain the ransom they don't want to explain the ransom I'm sure there are messages they've given on atonement ransom forgiveness the new birth but you've got to dig for it you've got to search through these websites to find the material why not just have it where it's easy to be found these websites are full of these famous people's lives their legacies their travel arrangements who they are what they are what they are doing but I can't see the plan of salvation you start looking I can't find it where is it it's not there it's not there it's almost as if they don't want you to know how to be saved that's a worrying thought isn't it it is a worrying thought because if that's the case are they even saved themselves they probably are saved but they want to attain you because let's be quite honest this is a business at the end of the day if you went onto their websites and clicked on how to be saved and let's say they gave you the correct plan of salvation and you did what they said or you read the verses which they shared you wouldn't have to go back anymore would you and revisit their websites and that's what they don't want to happen they want to retain you they want to keep you one of the clearest passages in the whole scripture about how to be saved is found over in Luke chapter 16 like verse 30 in fact go back to verse 29 then he called for light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas Philippian jailer of course and brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved a simple question I've been listening to you guys preaching singing hymns, singing hymns since midnight you've got something which I haven't got I'm a wretch of a man on top of that the walls have just come down there's a potential mass prison break and yet nobody's going anywhere sirs what must I do to be saved like from my sins and they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house of course the house will be saved if they believe too but here it's dealing with a family you see you'll be saved if you if you believe and your family will be saved if they believe no get baptized no well first of all turn from all of your sins no we'll say a quick prayer or let's do the sinners prayer together or let's sign you up 
to become a member of our church or how about the RCIA or how about coming along to the Kingdom Hall or the Steakhouse? Nope. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what John's Gospel was all about. That you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that's believing you may have eternal life. An entire Gospel was written to get people saved. And yet these websites that I mentioned, these preachers on YouTube, online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, nothing nothing about how to be saved messages about growing messages about wealth health prosperity and basically these ministries are reaching out to people who are already saved basically they're not looking to get unsaved people saved which is a travesty they are trying to get people who are who are, who are already saved to follow them what does paul say over an x Going, away, going around to draw disciples unto them. That's the business. And that's what these ministries are doing. They're trying to reach out to people who are already saved. Get them, retain them. And then sign up. Start tithing, so on and so forth. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thy house. So it's all been done for you. A ransom has been paid for you paid from or paid uh, via God the Son to God the Father a personal transaction doesn't involve you and I we can't pay for our ransom if you are being detained it could be Sinatra Jr it could be Getty you can't pay your way out you're blindfolded probably tied up hands and feet in a basement somewhere you can't get out of that even Houdini couldn't get out of that but if somebody steps forward like Sinatra Senior or Getty Senior and says I will pay the ransom both people are automatically released that's what Christ has done for us he would taste death for every man would become a ransom for us Eric Little did that literally not dying for anybody's sins of course but taking the place of that poor woman in a concentration camp during World War II but the Lord Jesus Christ did it ultimately and finally and that's what saves you so if you're online or if you're on social media or you have a website lay out the plan of salvation make it as clear as you can allow people to get it don't make it difficult don't use big theological words keep it as simple as you can so even a child could get it and understand it people do get saved by reading tracks people do get saved by finding websites and getting answers it's unacceptable to try and control the Lord Jesus Christ like only you own him only you have the answers and if you subscribe to this channel or follow this ministry over a period of time you will get answers people need answers right away people are dying each and every day many of these people are lost on their way to hell what I did also find uh, which was of interest to me were how other ministries some more well-known than others uh, did have did have uh, statements of faith but not just statements of faith how to be saved articles materials on their websites and some of those sites were pretty good some were weak some were a bit too uh, stringent but at least they were trying to offer some explanation as 
uh, how to get your sins saved or how to get forgiven of your sins and go to heaven upon death. But the vast majority <coughs> of those ministries and others that I've noticed over the years have got nothing whatsoever about how to be saved. So I am grateful and thankful uh, for those few uh, channels that I did check out and web pages that I did browse had something about how to be saved. But those people were in a minority. The vast majority didn't seem to want to explain how to be saved. And that's a pretty worrying thought. And when the judgment comes around, they'll have to explain themselves to the Lord why they were so frugal and uh, disinterested when it came to putting in writing how to be saved. They'll preach on the streets, some of those guys. They'll stand up in pulpits, preach to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand people, travel the world. But isn't that what the Pharisees did? Would travel land and sea to make disciples after themselves. And what would Jesus say? And as a result, make them twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. It's food for thought, isn't it? I'm not saying all those guys aren't saved but they don't seem to have an interest to get people saved, to explain clearly and correctly how to be saved. It could be two o'clock in the morning, it could be three o'clock in the morning, somebody's just come out of hospital, somebody's just going into hospital, somebody's sick, somebody's struggling, and they come across these websites and they've got to start hunting around, navigating around to get an answer. It's like going into the hospital. You rush to the hospital, and they say to you, you need this, you need that, so you don't have this or that, you'll be dead in moments. You don't start thinking about it. You have to make a snap decision. That's what salvation is like. You must be saved now. Behold, now is the appointed time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So let's be called the ransom. Hopefully it's been of help to anybody who wants to know how to be saved. Salvation is found in a person, pure and simple. You may be a part of a church which teaches grace, but keep inquiring, drill into whether or not they really believe in grace. Is it a faith in Christ alone based on his finished work? Or do they expect and demand a changed life works to justify, to prove election or salvation? Are they judging you because you're not as holy as they are? Do you feel inferior all the time? I know in the charismatic uh, movements, they put a lot of emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophesying. All of these groups are basically ignoring the atonement. Can't explain it, won't explain it, and are in many ways not only backloading the gospel, but preaching another gospel. And Galatians chapter 1 says another gospel is an accursed gospel. So do yourself a favor, check out churches and ministries. Do they really believe? once saved always saved most don't of course the vast majority of christians don't believe in once saved always saved they hold to what's called conditional security which goes back to john wesley he believed you could lose your salvation spurgeon didn't believe that he was a five-point calvinist and as a five-point calvinist he believed that once a sinner had been regenerated he or she couldn't lose his or her salvation. But Spurgeon would fail to correctly exegete uh, 1 Corinthians 11 and would not receive the biblical doctrine of the old man and the new man. And as a result, his disciples to this day, like I say, 
continue to regurgitate this belief that if you are saved you'll be producing fruit all of the time to demonstrate election contrast that one more time to producing fruit and a changed life to demonstrate salvation there's no difference there's no difference both groups are almost the same apart from Armenianism Calvinism going back to the belief that man has a free will Armenianism Calvinism, Calvinism says man doesn't have a free will that's the only main difference but apart from the free will issue it's standing in state both groups are unable to comprehend it unable to explain it they don't see the difference the difference between a standing in a state or standing in state as far as a Christian is concerned and they cause many Christians to wonder if they are even saved to begin with but once you understand that Christ was a ransom for you has paid for your sins Titus chapter 3 it's all been done for you and once you get Acts 16 30 31 clear in your minds believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house you've got no reason to doubt your salvation you are fully persuaded if you are a man or woman married or unmarried employed or unemployed a parent or not white black oriental you know whether these whether these things are so or not so when it comes to Jesus Christ you read it you read about him and you appreciate what you read and you believe what you read there's no questioning whether or not this book is true or not so if you read it and believe it but repentance turning from all of your sins in order to be saved that's a tough order it's a tall order go back to that guy I spoke to on the street a couple of years ago heavily overweight and he's talking to me about holiness somewhat ironic I didn't pick him up on that didn't pull him up on that I didn't want to get into an argument with him that's not my mandate but going to the streets I don't debate people anymore in the streets I don't argue with people anymore in the streets but it is interesting isn't it when you go onto the streets and give out tracks how many times people come over to you and start to argue with you and sometimes talk you out of your salvation and yet the same people won't go over to Muslims Catholics Jews atheists Darwinists and start talking them out of their uh, beliefs their ideologies they come up to Christians that are trying to do something and that's why you, if you are a Christian you gotta be careful how you spend your time so I'll close it there uh, I've been speaking for more than an hour longer than I thought I would this morning but I never tire of uh, preaching about the atonement it's a fascinating subject we don't really understand how Christ's blood being God's blood uh, was able to wash away all of our sins we talk about it we preach about it Romans uh, make that revelation chapter 1 washed in his blood when our priests and kings uh, a royal priesthood we don't really understand that but we believe it because the word of God tells us that our salvation is all done and dusted it's, it's uh, based on Jesus Christ dying for our sins and if people could get that and be honest about that so you wouldn't have all these groups within groups not knowing if they're coming and going and also all of those guys I mentioned maybe 30 minutes ago not one of those guys is a King James Bible believer they all hold to the new Bibles the new versions which of course are a travesty Catholic Bibles are based on Catholic manuscripts and that's not a cause for concern but I think for now you've had enough and I will 
sign out and wish you every blessing and happiness in the wonderful name of our great God and Saviour, the one who died for us, bled for us, and provided an atonement, a ransom for all of our past, present, and future sins. That gets overlooked as well. Not just our past, but our present and future sins. And on that statement, I will sign out and say good. Bye to you all, blessings and Maranatha.